I remember being on our city council back in 1996, and my my office uh, looked out on Main Street. Yeah. And again, this was at the low ebb of, of everything. Right. And I remember a, a time where a dog walked across Main Street, limped across Main Street, stopped in the middle of Main Street. You, you get nervous when you see a lame dog walking across sure. the street because you think, oh my gosh, I don't. And then the, the pathetic realization comes to you, there's no safer place for this dog to be than in the middle of Main Street <laughs> in downtown Main Street. Hopefully, all the lame dogs in Mesa have learned that's not the place to be right. because it is very busy right now. You know, and then there's the uncomfortable issue of, should I really be happy about the fact that dog would be dead today? <laughs> it's always cool in Mesa. Yes, it is. It's always cool in Mesa. Get the degrees and just remember this, please. I say it's always cool in Mesa. When you drive through Center and Main in downtown Mesa, you might look at the Mesa Art Center and say to yourself, I guess Mesa just decided to up and build an art center one day and got it done. Nope. The story of how the Mesa Art Center got built and almost didn't get built is a lesson in vision and persistence. Oh, and Mesa didn't just build an art center. We built a world-class, international, award-winning art center. It's Always Cool in Mesa, Season 3, Episode 4, The Mesa Art Center. It's always cool in Mesa. (laughs) Mesa really is city limitless. And now residents and visitors alike can explore the city using their mobile phone as their guide. Visit Mesa has created three exciting ways to check out all that's offered with their brand new digital passports, serving up discounts, deals, and fun ways to check in and win at Mesa restaurants, attractions, museums, and more. Check out the City Limitless Beers and Brews Passport, the Live Life Limitless Passport, and the Visit Mesa Deals Passport at visitmesa.com. Win t-shirts, stickers, prize medals, and more as you get out and explore Mesa City Limitless. Special offers are loaded each week. See our link in this episode's show notes. Not too many years ago, the International Association of Venue Managers announced the finalists for what they call the Venue Excellence Award for Performing Arts Centers. You'd probably guess that the iconic Sydney Opera House would be among the finalists, and you'd be right. But guess who else made the list? Our very own Mesa Art Center. And guess who won? Our very own Mesa Art Center. Best performing art center in the world. But how did it happen? Well, every story about the triumph of goodness has a group of heroes behind it. You've heard about the Avengers and the Justice League. Well, this group has a name too. The Alliance! as in the Mesa Arts and Entertainment Alliance. These were the champions of the new Mesa Art Center. I got together to reminisce with most of them on the stage of the beautiful Piper Theater. We want that too. (laughs) So we're recording. So this obviously is, uh, this is gonna be edited and spliced and diced, and so if you drop an F-bomb or something, you know, we we can recover from that. Turned out there was no need for that. This is a very dignified group. Tom and Chris Rhodes, Mike and Debbie Elliott, Rob Schultz, Nancy Wolter, Dennis Kavanaugh, and we were also joined by Randy Vogel, the Mesa Art Center's Director of Theaters. 
They can all easily remember downtown Mesa in the decades before the Art Center. I've lived in Mesa over 50 years. That's Mike Elliott. Mesa used to be a kind of standing joke around the uh, Valley of the Sun in the community. And I think it was Art Thomason said that Mesa was the city of uh, wide streets and narrow minds. Turns out that little witticism actually came from one of our own, former city council member Dennis Kavanaugh. That actually came from a, a speech I gave to... Uh, <laughs> A, uh, a Democratic breakfast club in Tempe. And I said, some people seem to think that Mesa is the land of wide streets and narrow minds, but I'm here to give you 10 reasons why it's not. And a performing arts center was one of them. Dennis was only trying to help, I'm sure. Mesa also had the reputation of voting down any and every proposition for municipal improvement. Pat McMahon saying that uh, Mesa voted no on proposition yes. <laughs> Not a few of these propositions had to do with building an art center. So on the outside, Mesa might have appeared to be somewhat provincial and uninterested in the arts. But insiders knew a different side of the story. Every elementary school, every um, high school, every junior high had a thriving arts program. That's Debbie Elliott. I was teaching elementary school in the 70s, and we had an art teacher that at least once a week someone would come in and teach art. Nancy Walter agrees. Mesa schools were the most competitive for, they had incredible jazz bands, and they won almost every competition that they ever were in. Mesa schools always had the most kids in the all-state choirs and the all-state yeah. orchestras, and so yeah, there was a strong performing arts department in Mesa schools, always. The arts thrived in the schools because the arts thrived at home. Mesa families were, in fact, deeply interested in the arts, a fact reflected by the overflowing enrollment at the original Mesa Art Center. Yeah, I buried the lead. Mesa already had an art center, sort of. It was the repurposed Irving Elementary School built in 1936. Everyone called it the Mac. It was actually really cool. By Mesa standards, funky even. That means it was painted blue instead of beige. Its best feature is that it was run for years by the esteemed Jerry Fathauer, who's now doing good things in Cleveland. She remembers the Mac fondly, despite its, well, we'll call it charm and character. The building had some issues, like dead cats underneath, and uh, mm -hmm. the boiler in the basement that had to be taken out and remedied and just getting it locked at night. The, the hardware never worked on those old doors. But from 1975 to 2005, if you wanted to learn to dance, paint, sing, or perform, you went to the Mac. Rob Schultz was Jerry's assistant director. The activities at the original Mesa Art Center um, were kind of proof that there was a demand in the community for these kind of programs and the place was bursting mm -hmm. at the seams. So the idea that uh, Mason needed a new art center was pretty plain to see. Finally, a mayor was elected in 1996 who decided to make a new art center his priority, the late Wayne Brown. I spoke with his wife and business partner of many years, Kathy Brown. Was there something in, about who Wayne was that kind of would lead you to believe, oh, this is a guy who's going to come in and be a champion for the arts? His family was always interested in the arts, and his mother played the piano. Wayne and his twin brother, Dwayne, played the piano. They were all in the band when they were in school. In fact, uh, Wayne liked to tell the story about when he was playing football at Mesa High School, 
and he would go into the locker room at halftime and change into his band uniform, run out on the field and, and march with the marching band. And then he would go back in and change back into his uh, football uniform. That's but a true story? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Because I've, I've heard about it. Mutt Ford was the, this, this legendary Mesa High football coach. Right. And they won state championships every year. And that, the, being on the Mesa High football team was a very big deal. Right? Yes. Uh, Wayne was actually an all-state football player. And he said the coach was always unhappy with him because he would usually be late for the <laughs> third quarter. I mean, you really have to love music to tell Mutt Ford to wait, please, while you take off your spats and put away your trombone. But the Brown family is exactly the kind of Mesa family we're talking about. They had a deep love for the arts, and it didn't start with Wayne. Wayne's father was mayor, and, and he tried to get a performing arts center built. Ah, now the picture becomes clearer. Building an arts center was a family ambition. Mayor Burt Brown couldn't get it done back in the 50s and 60s, and the 70s weren't any kinder. When Mayor Wayne Pomeroy was mayor, he tried to get a performing arts center built. A couple of mayors later, in 1985, the city made a big push. They put forward a single-issue proposition to the voters, basically saying, come on, Mesa, let's get it together once and for all and build an arts center. They had pushed all their chips to the center of the table. But the result was the same. And it was a pretty crushing defeat. Jerry Fathauer remembers what Mike Hutchinson, the assistant city manager, said to her at the time. He would call me Fathauer. He'd say, Fathauer, it's going to be 10 years before we can even touch this again. The issue was dead. But in the words of Miracle Max from The Princess Bride, yeah, only mostly dead. In 10 years, he was true to his word, and then he came to me and said, I think we need to start meeting with community members, and let's take mm -hmm. a pulse. There you have it. That's the origin story behind the Alliance. They were champions of the arts who reassembled after a crushing defeat to fight once more. Their founding in 1995 was followed one year later by the election of Wayne Brown. Some people might say to Wayne, Wayne, what part of no do you not understand? You know, why, why are you yeah. coming back to us with this? I think he would say that the, it was a big desire of the arts community to have facilities that were what Mesa deserved. The historic Irving School there was not a great Mesa Arts Center. In other words, by the late 90s, the demand had grown even greater and the time had ripened. Dennis Kavanaugh could see another important change. The tremendous growth in the city, many, many people came from other parts of the country where having uh, performing arts centers were the norm. With no arts center, performers performed where they could, and not always with the best results. Every time Southwest Shakespeare Company did a play, <laughs> uh, the fire alarm bell would go off or a or the helicopters would, fly would come. Yeah, the helicopter. Or whatever. Police sirens. Yeah. Jerry uh, Fadauer uh, tells a story about watching uh, one of uh, Southwest Shakespeare's productions at the amphitheater where she got stung by ants <laughs> while she was uh, sitting out on the grass in her uh, chair. Nationally, there was another trend. Here's Randy Vogel, the director of the current Mesa Art Center. In the 90s brought along like this major building of performing arts centers across the country. So I think it just kind of hit in the valley as well. The table was set. 
but Mayor Brown knew he had just one shot. I think he felt that trying to put it on the ballot alone again would not be successful. He and everyone else saw the single issue proposition of 1985 go down in flames. So his idea was to build more of a coalition of different groups. Mayor Brown hired a consultant, again, Dennis Kavanaugh. They did a, a pretty significant survey asking residents to identify what improvements would they like to see. And the results of that survey drove the items that went on the ballot. The people were pretty clear about what they wanted. You had a lot of uh, families who liked the parks provisions. Everybody wanted aquatics facilities, mm -hmm. uh, and they wanted you know roads to be beautified. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and of course, we needed more police and fire because we were growing so quickly. And I've learned this much. When it comes to asking people what they want fixed in their city, never underestimate their annoyance with traffic. You had commuters who couldn't stand being stuck behind a bus. Bus pullouts were like hugely popular. So as a result of the survey, new faces and forces were added to the Alliance. Some of these were the kind of heroes you'd expect. Police and fire, for instance. Others were more obscure, like Guardians of Parks and Recreation, Aquamom and her Aqua Kids, and let's not forget Angry Bus Pullout Man. You had all these things that were either irritants or needs, and uh, I think it, it's a patchwork quilt of interest that brought a lot of different advocates working together for, for a common purpose. Next up, the Alliance knew they had to find the right name for their campaign. For the same reason, Got Milk is a lot better slogan than, do you have a lactose beverage? Randy Vogel. The quality of life sales tax was the most ingenious thing I had ever seen. Mike Elliott agrees. It improved people's quality of life. The arts obviously is a hugely important piece, but you know, uh, safety, public safety also are part of quality of life, which Absolutely. was a great name for it. So the time was ripe and they had a winning name for the proposition. But there was a big hurdle on the horizon, getting it on the ballot. The new coalition and the expressed interest of the citizens wouldn't matter at all unless the city council agreed to put it before the voters. Dennis Kavanaugh and I had just joined the city council. We were reliable supporters, but others on the council clearly were not. As fate would have it, two council members ended their terms early and were replaced by former mayor Wayne Pomeroy and Claudia Walters, both solid supporters of the proposal. The quality of life sales tax made the ballot. Now, Mayor Brown and the Alliance just had to convince the Mesa voter that it was time to finally say yes. Chris Rhodes remembers the mood at the time. It was not going to be a slam dunk. I think people were very, very nervous that that proposition would not pass. I mean, there were still a lot of people who were very much against it. I asked the group what kind of pushback they got at the time. We don't need it. Yeah. Why do we need an art center? People yeah. were mad you were forcing them to vote on for one package. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm for police and fire, but I'm not for your damned art center. Ten years from now, we're going to be out of money. Um, be a vacant building. And yeah. it will be vacant, private sector take. Oh, we're going to be and handing it the keys to a, pro a for-profit, you know, operator. We're, we'd be giving it to them for a dollar. Yeah. It's going to be a white elephant. Yeah. There was yeah. a, there, I remember white elephant being in the headlines. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally. But when the votes came in on that election night in 1998, the quality of life sales tax passed. Mesa families celebrated, none more so than the Brown family, who had lived with the dream for decades. Both of you must have just, it must have been a, just a wonderful victory and oh, very yeah. heartwarming. And right? Wayne's mother was so excited. Oh my gosh, she was, she was really excited and that made Wayne really happy, I know. That's great. It's always nice to make yeah. your mother proud of you, isn't it? <laughs> the excitement was pervasive, but for Mike Elliott and certainly many others, there was a feeling of having caught the tiger by the tail. Oh, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, because I felt right then the real work begins now. And it did. At some point, Wayne got you involved in a very direct, personal way, right? I mean, you, you yes. were not just the mayor's wife in this process. You had your, played your own role. There was a committee appointed to select the architect for the art center. And so that's when I got involved. Wayne knew that Kathy had the skill and experience to help find the right architect. Kathy had worked for years as a CPA. Sometime after she and Wayne married, she took on the role of CFO of their demanding fuel distribution company. They were partners in business and in life. When he decided to run for mayor, uh, he came to me and he said, would you run the business if I run for mayor? And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And um, he promised me that he would, that it was a part-time job <laughs> and that he would be there 20 hours a week. And when he got elected, I never saw him at the business again. <laughs> I may or may not have made a similar promise to my son-in-law, who's also the other half of my law practice. Hey, John. Spencer, how you doing? Good. Hey, uh, is it possible that I may have misled you when I indicated that I would continue to somehow be a productive member of the law community when I got elected mayor? So I think, yeah, I think we had, I kind of imagined us uh, working together a little bit more. Spencer missed his calling as a diplomat, but I can always count on my wife to be a bit more blunt. She helps at the law office too. And when someone asked if I misled her on this issue. Yeah, there was a lot of that. And there was uh, also that he would be able to work at the law office on Tuesdays and Fridays. Her memory is brutal and she's not afraid to use it, but I'm still the boss. Bring me lunch. All right. Back to choosing an architect. They found a good one, but there was just one problem. Our budget was 90 million. And when, when it was put out to bid, the bids came in much higher than that. And I believe the bid that we accepted was actually 93 point something. 93.5, a shortfall of 3.5 million. The Alliance answered the call and pledged to raise the money from a community that was historically tight-fisted when it came to the arts. And that was the single largest campaign like that in the history of the city. And at the time, there were many naysayers that said, you can't raise that kind of money in Mesa. It's not going to happen. And while $3.5 was a small percentage of the total amount, it was critical. Without it, for instance, the smaller community-used theaters would have just been shells. This idea did not sit well with the Alliance. 
After all, it was the community that taxed themselves to build the center. The Alliance came up with a strategy to raise the money. Naming opportunities for the different theaters seemed like a good starting point, but that came with its own unique challenge. Again, Tom Rhodes. We are a town of humble people. We don't like necessarily to see our names bandied about. This could easily be said of Janet Ikeda, who was asked to help close the shortfall by lending her respected name to the art center. Janet and her husband Tom were Japanese Americans. Tom, a Mesa High graduate, received a scholarship to attend the University of Arizona, but instead stayed home to help on his father's farm. During World War II, their family was forbidden to own property. After the war, the Ikeda family prospered, eventually owning miles of farmland. Nancy Walter remembers her meeting with Janet almost 25 years ago. She comes in and so we lay out, you know, our package and this is what we're, we're doing. And she goes, oh, well, I'm, I'm very interested in the theaters. Oh, I said, well, there is, there is one left and that's our, our, our big theater. Oh, what do I need to contribute for that? And I said, well, it's a million dollars. And she said, well, I guess that's the one I'll have to take. Nancy called her friend Joni Flat to give her the news. Joni was president of the Alliance. I was in San Diego at the time, and she said, you better sit down. I said, well, I'm in front of Ralph's grocery store on Mission Boulevard. Where am I going to sit down? She said, trust me, you better sit down. And then she told me. And I think that was the only time in the whole process that I broke down in tears. Yeah, I was awfully glad I was sitting down. Ikeda, Nesbitt, Elliot, Farnsworth, Eaton, Rhodes, Flat, Gardner, Dobson, Brown, Fathauer. These are the names you'll see when you visit the Art Center. When it comes to the importance of this facility, we, these people were more than willing to dig deep and finish this place. In the end, the Alliance raised more than $5 million, which finished off the smaller community theaters and much more. Once again, Mesa had defied expectations. But in this pre-groundbreaking era, there was one more important problem that needed to be solved. There was so much controversy about where the art center should be. Well, yeah, there, there was. <laughs> uh, there was active there was debate about some people that were saying, well, the hoity-toity people aren't going to drive into downtown Mesa. you got to put it out on the edges, on the freeway corridors, so that people don't actually have to come to Mesa to go right. to the art center, right? Who would go to Mesa? You know, it was just this little bedroom community. And yet, the Alliance remained convinced that downtown was the right spot. But it would be hard to convince the naysayers. So just like in all epic stories, they sought out the help and wisdom of the ancient masters. Here's Mike Elliott. We were very blessed in having uh, a number of visionary people uh, that were members of the greatest generation that embraced this. His wife, Debbie, agrees. My dad just had a great respect for downtown Mesa. He was actually Mesa's first city engineer. And I asked my dad, I said, Dad, 
are you going to regret having this building here take the place of some houses, the old Googies and the Masonic Lodge? He said, that's okay. We can remove the lodge. You know what? Downtown Mesa is the best place for it, and we cannot stop progress. Mm-hmm. And that's the way all of his friends thought. The respect they had in the community was very broad and widespread, and that, that it, it added legitimacy to the whole effort. It was settled. The new Mesa Art Center would be built downtown. The official groundbreaking was May of 2002. For the next three years, while the new art center was rising up, the old Mesa Art Center would continue to teach 600 classes a year until Jerry Fathauer forced the faulty hardware to lock one last time. It was only right that she would become the first director of the new Mesa Art Center. Finally, in late summer 2005, it was finished, and it was stunning. The very first meeting that we had with the architects and the design team, they asked us, what's your vision? And we said, we want people to drive down Main Street, take one look at that corner and go, oh, wow. Mission accomplished. The Art Center had its grand opening in September of 2005. Michael Crawford, the first and most famous Phantom of the Opera, headlined the event. Everyone was all dressed up and we all were going through all the theaters and how happy everyone was. Perhaps a local reporter put it best. Of the opening gala, he said, the Mesa Art Center pulled off a boffo opening. Administrators now have to prove that the night of sushi and champagne and song wasn't one big blowout before a string of middling fizzle. And prove it they did. In the beginning, agents were cautious about booking their acts in Mesa rather than more established venues. Randy Vogel. As time went on, it didn't matter anymore. The shows moved over to Mesa because we proved that we could be successful. 18 years later, things have only improved. We are part of every major tour. When Itzhak Perlman, the Chicago Symphony, Harry Connick Jr., or any other A-list act comes to the Southwest, they're looking at the Mesa Art Center. Today, Mesa is seen in a different light. Since the Art Center has been established, that that whole Mesa being the butt of a joke, uh, you don't hear that anymore. After the Art Center came light rail, then one-of-a-kind restaurants and breweries, followed by an ASU campus with much more to come. Look at what's happening. Isn't it great? We've just been waiting for it for a long time. <laughs> oh, it, it's fun. And I, I am quick to correct people when they say, oh, this is an overnight sensation. And I say, no, it's going back decades. <laughs> you know, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants. I don't think there really is any one person that you can point to and say, this is the person who started the ball rolling. But we sure are grateful to Mayor Wayne Brown. I guess we should have known that a kid who risked to play trombone during the halftime of his own high school football game would probably risk his political capital to promote an art center. Of course, the alliance was indispensable too. And you know who else is part of that alliance? You are. Every time you come to see a show, take a class, walk on the grounds, or just drive by and say, oh, wow. You're voting yes all over again. Wide streets and narrow minds? Please, 
From where I sit, I see nothing but open hearts and big dreams. Please like, subscribe, and tell a friend it's always cool in Mesa. I'm Mayor John Giles. Thank you.